Good morning, everybody. My name's Alex Baird. I'm the, the lead pastor here. We're so glad you decided to worship with us. And for my sermon today, I'm going to be wrapping up this series, The Usual Suspects, which, believe it or not, we started seven weeks ago. And uh, before you know it, it's going to be 2024. Just, just hold on, everyone, because the time is, feels like it just keeps speeding up. Uh, but I do want to make a couple of announcements. Uh, first off, uh, appreciate Garrett stepping in uh, for worship. We do have baby news. Cameron and Jesse McCullough welcomed a baby girl last night. And so um, Finley and Faith McCullough. And so we look forward to meeting her in person. And so we rejoice with them and the, the gift of life that the Lord has given them. And so Garrett's been filling in as they've been kind of waiting for the baby. And now the baby has been here since this last night. And so we, we really rejoice with them. Uh, also, we had a couple things in church life that we just want to recognize. We had some kids on families that got together yesterday uh, for our fall fun day, and there's a picture of some of them. And uh, they went to Oak Glen, and uh, there was a snake uh, show that I heard. And uh, I w- was able to see pictures, and then I, th- I thought, okay, I've seen enough. I've seen enough, seen enough pictures. Um, but we, we just, uh, the, the kids uh, got together with, with families. And the reason I bring that up is uh, it's important in church life to build community, get time outside of what we do on a Sunday. And so uh, those families got together uh, yesterday uh, to do that. And so thank you for uh, the Kids Zone crew who helped uh, put that together. And then uh, the last few days, uh, a group of us got together in Huntington Beach for our Relevate conference, which we've talked about uh, for the last couple of months. And uh, that's the crew that were there uh, learning together. And uh, the topic was uh, on mind works and how do you make your mind work for you? And so we focused a lot about on the thoughts that we have in life, oftentimes without even realizing we have them. And we focused on strategies on how to direct our thoughts uh, in the right way. And so if you know uh, some of those people, uh, which you probably do, uh, you might want to just ask what the experience was like, and you could uh, just hear from them. And I encourage you, as different opportunities come up, like these kind of conferences, I encourage you uh, to sign up, uh, that they'll be a big help uh, to you. So today I want to shift gears. We focus, like Ben said, so much on folly, which uh, again is a foolishness. It's really like the path of life that we take that's summed up by uh, patterns of not wise choices. And uh, this image here represents, represents the five fools that we focused on over the last few weeks. Fools that struggle with laziness and really wanting to choose a life of ease over everything else. Fools that struggle with controlling, uh, controlling people and circumstances. Fools that have a blind desire for fun and pleasure. That's the measure of a day. How can I just feel better? Uh, and, and there's problems that come with that. And then we also focused on fools that struggle with praise and wanting to be in the center of attention. And then last week, we f- kind of got the last character on fools that struggle with, with actually wanting to harm people, predatory type fools. And... Uh, Anytime you, you look at these, there's a certain aspect of the, the life that God gives us where we have to be aware of things, like what to watch out for. Uh, scripture, as you read your Bible, is filled with warnings. And these warnings are, are actually sober. It's, it's this picture of any one of us at any point could veer off path. And so as you look at these types of fools, and as if you've missed any of this, I encourage you, you can always stream on our YouTube page. We podcast, find us Ridgeview Church Fontana to catch up. There's always the listening guide that's attached that you can find those resources. I encourage you to do that because every one of us struggle with certain foolish patterns. 
And the scriptures warn us of these patterns, but the good news of the life that we have with God through Jesus Christ is that we can't just focus on avoidance. God gives us something to replace foolishness with, and that's wisdom. And that's what I want to focus on today. How do you replace folly with wisdom? And we've been looking at our heart. And the heart uh, is not just the organ that we might think, like the picture of the heart that pumps blood to our body. It's actually the heart which represents our guidance, our direction, how we choose goals. It's really like the cockpit of our life. The good and the bad of our life flow from our heart. What we do is intentional. Whether we realize it or not, there's intention to what we do. And so as we focus on wisdom, just like we've been focusing on foolishness, we really have to remember that everything flows from the heart. But if you're like me, you wake up and on a daily basis, your guidance and your heart may be leading you in all sorts of different directions at the same time. Have you ever woken up and you just kind of felt like you didn't quite have your bearings? You ever felt like that? I feel like that all the time. I still haven't recovered from the time change. The older I get, the longer it feels like jet lag, okay? I don't even know what day it is right now, right? But there's times when we wake up and we think about our life and all that we have to do, and it can be very confusing. This morning, I I usually print my notes, and I don't know if you could see this, but this was the last page of my notes today. And the printer, and if some of you are are not great sight, you're like, I couldn't read that if it was clear. But this is like triple, uh, the letters are triple printed on top of each other. And this was my notes. And I was thankful that I looked at my notes before I got here today because this is the last page of my sermon. It would have been to choose your own adventure. As I look down and say, I don't even know what that says. And on the fly, I would have made stuff up. But that's how life feels. Like we want direction and we want instructions and we can look and we see like, that's not even clear. I can't see that. Because oftentimes, again, because of our hearts, because of what's going on, we struggle. We struggle with our bearings. So I wanna start today by just this reality that God is not this far off God that allows us to stew in our foolishness. He's a near God who loves us, who wants to guide us. He wants to lead us forward. And so as we focus so much on foolish tendencies, we cannot stay there. And the good news is you don't have to. We've been given a God, an almighty, powerful God who sent his son to guide us. And we need his guidance. Because all of us have gotten off track. That's what sin is. It's the reality that all of us have chosen to go our own way. God wants to guide us, but we choose to be self-guided. We choose to kind of pick our own path on our own terms. And even if you've experienced that in your own life, many detours, many obstacles, maybe even some painful pits that you fall into, it's not too late. God will continue uh, to guide Uh, Even though we we have rebelled, here's some promises I was just reflecting on in my own life. The reality of sin. Um, In my own life, I've gotten a darkness where I just can't see things clearly. Like I can't get over sin. I get discouraged by just patterns that seem to plague me. But then the promise of scripture is that God is light. So even in darkness, there's a light that we're given by God. Um, I get into sin again, and that darkness grows. but, But the promise of scripture is that God is perfect. He's never sinned. He's completely righteous. So that's a promise. There's something different about God than myself. Um, I become foolish. Like we've talked about, I can identify with these fools. We all have our own flavor that we tend to focus on, but I can identify with those. But God is wise. He's perfect in knowledge and understanding. 
He knows everything. He's discerning in every way. And so we can have guidance from him. And then just in my own life, how many times I am weak. I just can't do what I need to do. Or I'm not even motivated to do it. And even when my good intentions, it just doesn't work out that way. You've ever had that? Even in a relationship, you intend to do the right thing and you just fumble over the the same old things. Maybe something that you said to your spouse or to a loved one that you just, oh, there's that heart that came out again. But even that, God, in our weakness, is, is completely strong. I say this because this isn't just theory. It's not just like another good idea to add to the ideas that are just bombarding us every day. This is life. Life that's given to us anew through the living God. And like I mentioned, this is an up-close and personal relationship with God through Christ. It's this guide that really wants to guide us in life. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on a, a hike that was difficult for you. You ever done that? You ever just... There's some of you that are like, I've never intentionally walked in a hard way in my life. What, why would that make sense? But for some of us, I actually really enjoy hiking. I like getting outside. I like exploring. But there are certain hikes that I've been on in my life where I'm thinking, why did I do this to myself on a day off of all things? And uh, years ago, I was on a hike that was just a struggle. And it was in the Sierra Madre area. We're going Chantry Flats, and there's just switchback after switchback after switchback. And we were with a a crew from church, and I'm like behind right at the end. This is how you know you're not ready for the hike. The only person with me was a dad who was holding a kid on their back. And I'm like, hey, just kind of wait up to the guy holding another human. Please wait, wait, you know, wait. Baby needs to rest. (laughs) Just wait. And I just remember being so tired and just thinking, like, I'm not going to be able to do this. This is going to be embarrassing. I'm going to have to tell the crew, like, hey, guys, it's been real, but I, I got to turn around. And at that moment when I was struggling and just feeling like I couldn't do this, the, the person who was leading this uh, hike, who was an avid hiker, grew up in Utah, great shape, had great experience, came back, and he's like, Alex, how, how are you doing? I'll tell you in a second, you know. It's just struggling. He says, well, you, you, you can do this, and, you know, keep on going. You're, you're doing great, man. You're doing a great job. Keep on going. Okay. His name was Tom. Thanks, Tom. And I just kept going. And then about 10 feet later, I don't know how I'm going to do this. So what Tom began to do is he would come all the way to the back. He'd go to the front just to make sure everyone was together. And then he would circle back, come right to the back where I still was, and he would check on me. And as the hike went on and it got harder and harder, he went just from shifting from encouragement to actually he would hand off like his, his hiking pole. Here, you know, use this. And then he would go to the front. And I just kept thinking, he's doing this hike 17 times longer than I am. Because he just keeps going up and coming back. And then he'd come back, he's like, hey, try this. And he gives me this cliff bar, you know, and it gets some energy. And I'm like, thanks, you know, like, thanks, dad. He's younger than me. Thanks, dad. Like, I don't know how I'm gonna do this without you, you know. And in that moment, I'll never forget, like, the, the, the love that I felt from this grown man who went out of his way to, to help me. And he gave me resources and he gave me encouragement. And to this day, I'll never forget the same experience I have with God. Just like that, when I feel down and I can't do it, God is the one who comes back to us. He always initiates to us. We don't have to find him. He finds us. 
We don't have to give resources to him. He gives resources to us. He gives us encouragement through his word. He gives us power in himself. This is the Christian life. So as we talk about foolishness and all of these patterns, we escape that on this adventure and journey with the living God. And so I want to talk about that. I want to start with this idea of how we kind of tap into this guidance and really the treasures of wisdom. And it's not this crazy idea. It's, it's actually very simple. And it's this, is all the treasures of wisdom are found in Jesus Christ, period. There's not a magic key, secret philosophy, unknown content that we do not know. We've been given a person, and that person is Jesus. And that person is also God. And he gives us this treasure of wisdom that is available to us. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I actually grew up as a little bit of a, a treasure hunter. And I had a, a treasure box uh, that's still to this day in my office at my house that I've had since I was a kid. And I meant to bring it and I forgot it. But I asked some family to bring it to second service. So if you really want to see the treasure box, you're like, what is it? Just look online, okay? I'll have it. But on this uh, treasure box, it's, it's kind of got a broken leg now. It's got a, a missing piece of the wood. But in this treasure box, I had this like uh, red felt lining and shelves. And in this treasure box, I would put knives. I used to collect knives, like little knives that I would get from my travels. I sound like a hobbit. I just watched Lord of the Rings, but um, little, little treasures. And uh, I would get, you know, things that were meaningful to me. My uh, boutonniere, is that what it's called? The little flower from my wedding, dried, and I put that in my treasure box. Uh, my dad went to uh, the Operation Desert Storm in the early 90s, and he brought me this sandbag from the desert there, and I kept that in my treasure box. And all these things that were important in my life, I kept in my treasure box. And, this, and it's like, I can't get rid of that. And one day, I'll hand it off to one of my sons. We'll, we'll figure that out. We'll, yeah, this is, he's raising a hand here. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Don't, we'll cut it in half, and then we'll give each. Um, but it, it's meaningful to me. But, but for you, it, it's not that meaningful. If I gave it to you, like, oh, is this like a white elephant? Like, what is this kind of a gift? But to me, it's very meaningful. Because it has things that I consider treasures. And that's often how wisdom is. In accordance to the world, the treasures of wisdom seem like they're insignificant. They're subtle. They're not flashy. They, again, represent the way of Jesus. Well, he himself wasn't flashy. He didn't demand attention. He actually went the, the lowly way, the place that you could miss. As people wanted to command attention, he, he humbled himself. And that's like the treasures of wisdom. They're not flashy like this world, but they will be exactly what you need to get through this life. And so I want to talk about that. There's a scripture that kind of unpacks what this is, and this is found in Colossians 2. And it says that their hearts may be encouraged. He's talking about these believers, and Paul is writing in his absence, and he's like, hey, listen, I know there's many things in this life to be discouraged about, but I want you to be encouraged. And he's really talking to this group of Christians, but it applies to all of us. So if you're a Christ follower today, in the middle of darkness and the discouragement that you experience, you must be encouraged. And this is why. It's not on circumstances. He's talking about identity. He's saying, first, being knit together in love. That's who you are. 
to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Paul is speaking of a mystery. And if you dig into this scripture and you kind of chew on it a little bit, you can see that the mystery is tied to the assurance of understanding and the knowledge of who? God's mystery, which is Christ. The mystery that Paul's describing is that the one who came to save us, to give salvation, has come. The things that were hidden in the Old Testament, the things that were unknown, when would the Messiah come? Who would it be? What would it look like? The mystery was made known as soon as Jesus came to this earth, as soon as he died on the cross, as soon as he rose from the grave. The mystery has been known. And because Christ came and he paid the price for our sin, trying to be our own guide as we turn to him, receive the forgiveness that he's given us. The mystery is now made known, and from that, a few things flow. We've been invited into God's redemptive plan. The mystery is clear. So that means we, we are included. We have purpose in this life. So Paul is saying, listen, if you're a Christ follower, you need to be encouraged because you're a part of a redemptive plan in our day and our time that the mystery of Christ can be made known to people. And the way that that mystery is made known is through people. The way to make it known to people is through people. And that's this assurance we have. We're a part of something. This redemption, we don't have to be stuck in our foolish tendencies. We don't have to be stuck in our past. We don't have to be fearful of our future. We've been given this richness of the knowledge and the assurance of Christ. We have this wisdom. It's made known to us. We don't have to search for it. It's been given. And we have access to the creator. We don't have to blindly follow our culture. We don't have to give into just our upbringing or tradition. We now have a God who reveals to us the truth. And step by step and day by day, we can learn. So I was thinking in my own life, some of these treasures, it's beyond just the knickknacks like I described in my physical treasure box that I have at home. But what are the things that I've been able to experience in my spiritual treasure box that's rooted in the wisdom of the years that I've been able to know Christ? And here's just a few in my own life. I mentioned this before, and you probably experienced this as well, but there's many times in life where I can experience discouragement. You experience that or dread you just don't look forward to the things that you have on your plate. It seems overwhelming. There's so much unknown. But I don't know how many times in my life have I been discouraged or I've been plagued by dread. I've been encouraged by God just at the right time. That's some of the spiritual treasure box that I've experienced, encouragement in the middle of discouragement, in the middle of the unknown. And for me, it's been as I've dug into God's word and I say, God, I just need to hear from you. I need help. I need perspective. He's always faithful to give me a truth that I need to hear. And I've received that encouragement. That's part of the spiritual treasure box. In my life, I've experienced pain in relationships just like you have. I come from a broken family. And with that, the many dynamics of relationships that become hard and difficult. I've experienced conflict because of my choices. I've experienced conflict because of the choices of others. I've been in arguments. I've said things I didn't want to say. People have said things to me that I didn't want them to say and, and felt the pain of the sting of relationships that are hurtful. 
part of the spiritual treasures that I found is that I've experienced love from a loving God that no matter what I've done and where I've come from, he's forgiven me. And I'm not defined by, by, by my past. I don't have to just build by myself on the rubble of strife and hostility. He, he actually gives me a grace to continue on. Uh, many times in my life I've been confused. I don't know what to do, how to do it, how to move forward. I don't know if you've ever felt that. You just kind of feel stuck. You feel like you get up and you just kind of have these concrete shoes on. And you're just trying to walk, and it's like, I can't even pick up my foot, let alone. And you're just walking with this tremendous weight. But part of the spiritual treasures that I've experienced in my life is just at the right time, God gives me understanding. He gives me just a little glimmer of the path forward. God's word says that his word is is a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. In the middle of confusion and hard things in my life, God's given me that light at just the right time. He's given me that clarity. And then in my life, I grew up in the church, but I experienced doubt of my own faith. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Is God real? Is he really working? Do I really believe in him? Does he listen to my prayers? Does he hear me? Will he help me? Will he give me the strength? Can I ever change? And I've had many of those questions in my own life. Just sometimes at that moment when I feel like I'm just in the middle of doubt and despair, God gives me assurance. The word says, like, I am with you. You be strong and courageous. For I, the Lord, your God, will go wherever you are. And he does that to me. He, he leads me forward. We all need to remember the treasures of the spiritual reality that God has given us of wisdom. So I encourage you, think for yourself, what are the things that God has done? Spiritual treasures that you need to hold on to, to focus on. We all will focus on something. So how does this work? How do we actually grow in wisdom? Well, I mentioned some of this. It's just the daily walk-by-walk life with God in his word, asking for help. But there's some broad categories that I wanna give you. Again, this is related to the heart. This is how you know you're on the path. And these categories you'll actually see are opposed to what we've described in the heart. You remember, we started the series, and it's probably every week of this sermon series, we talked about the sad heart. Anybody remember what the S stands for in sad? What's in our selfishness? We all struggle with it. And then the A, anyone remember that one? Arrogance. We... We think we deserve what we want. Selfishness, I want what I want. Arrogance, I want what I want, and I deserve it. And then the D of our sad hearts. Anyone remember that one? Damaging. I don't want to, but because I want what I want and I deserve it, I will hurt you if you get in my way. We all have that. We all have that in our hearts. But because God is our guide and he is real, when we turn to him like we focus on, he gives us a new heart. And here's some of the, the reflexes that we receive. First, instead of selfishness, that first heart problem, sacrificial love. We now can choose to lay down our goals and our life, and that kind of is our will and our ambitions for others. 
and ultimately for God himself. We, we can say, like, I don't want to just do things my way. I, I want to do it your way. Why? Because as you move away from selfishness into sacrificial love, God will give you what you need. That's the promise. That's the assurance of the spiritual treasure that he gives you. As you sacrifice, God will bless you and help you and bring you what you need. As you empty yourself for others, he'll fill you back up. That's the promise. So instead of selfishness, I can choose a sacrificial type love. This is real love. This is, I have a goal, but I'm willing to see your goals. We talked about this a lot at church life. This is hard attitude number one. Put the goals and interests of others above my own. Above sacrifice. I will serve you. I will help you, even if I'm unsure of how I will be helped and served myself. That's what the church is doing. It's reciprocal to each other. And then second, Jesus' lifestyle is instead of arrogance, it's humility. As you might imagine, humility is not the most popular directive of our day. We'll do many things, but oftentimes we don't want to humble ourselves. Because humility is the opposite of our default. Again, if we do a factory reset, it's going to always go back to selfishness, arrogance, and damage. We need the Lord's help every day to choose these things because it's not our default. And just like sacrificial love, humility just says, you know what, I don't need to make sure everyone knows what I know. And I don't need to make sure that I'm the center of things. I can put other people again in the center. I can help promote them. Do you know how much self-promotion exists in our world? Everywhere. Everywhere. But just at the moment, we think those people, they're so self-promoting. We look around on a world of mirrors and we realize how much we are ourselves. And then the third thing is instead of hurtfulness, that forbearance and forgiveness. The forbearance is, I will actually be patient with you. I will let you do things that bother me. I appreciate the people in my life who have forbearance for me. You think, no, pastor, you never do anything that bothers people. I've got a lot of real-life case studies. They're called my family. <laughs> Not even that. It's called the church. We know each other. Like, we, we do things that people struggle with. We have blind spots. We don't even know. We do, me included. But the forbearance says, you know what? I'm going to look past the offense. I'm going to let it go. And if I can't let it go, I'm not going to play games. I'm going to come to you, and I want to talk to you about it so we can have a restored relationship. That's the forbearance and the forgiveness. Self-promotion is prevalent, but you know what else is prevalent in our culture? Holding grudges. We, we tend to hold on to those things. Hurt, pain, they can become focal in our life. I shared this at the, the Relevate conference. Uh, I, I was the MC, but uh, my wife and I just watched The Lord of the Rings last week, you know, by, by Tolkien that made into movies. It was really well done, epic, like three-part. But in the end, 
they're focused on this, this ring of power. And people begin to get kind of just destroyed from the inside out. And there's a character called Gollum. You know, he's the guy that's like, my precious. Have you ever seen it? If you haven't seen it, you're like, that's is, that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. But he kind of turned, he, he was a hobbit, and he turned, that's why I mentioned hobbit earlier, it's on my mind, right? But uh, he, he turned into this, like, creature where he wasn't even recognizable, like a goblin almost. What's very interesting is the reason he did is he was so focused on this ring, and he called it my precious. And that ring, to me, represents so much of how we treat pain and hurt. Without realizing it, it becomes precious to us. The offense. We just, we want to hold on to it. Now, it doesn't mean that we ignore pain. It doesn't mean we act like pain's not real. No, the Christian life is, is full of hard things that are very real that we have to work through. But we realize, like, I, I have to let this go. I can't focus on this. I need to focus on the Lord Jesus and his wisdom and his guidance. And through his help, he'll get me through this. And that's where we become healthy. And so all three of these things, the sacrificial love, the humility, the forbearance, and the forgiveness, this, for all of us, is the measure of a good day. Notice, I haven't talked about your career goals. I haven't talked about your financial goals. I haven't talked about your resume. I haven't talked about our number of friends. I haven't talked about our future plans. The way of wisdom is always on who you are. And who you are transforms into what you do. That's the way of wisdom. As I become more like Jesus, I'm gonna do the things that represent him. And so if you wanna know if you've had a good day, ask yourself the questions. Have I chosen love for people? Have I done that? Can you love people at your work? You absolutely can. You don't just have to go into the mode of everyone's in for themselves. You'll actually stand out. You may not be understood. You may not be fully accepted. But if you love, you'll go in the way of Jesus. So did I love today? Did I choose humility? Did I listen? Did I understand? Did I identify? Did I forgive? Did I let go of something that bothered me? And if not, did I make it right with the person? If I offended them, did I go clear that up? Have I been patient with my kids today? Have I been patient with my spouse? These are the measures of a good day. Those three, you could just keep asking those every day. And if you ask those and ask God to continue to help you, you'll grow in wisdom. Again, it's, there's no magic formula. It's just living the life like Jesus lived. So I encourage you to think about these things. First Peter 3 uh, we worked through First Peter uh, recently, and I just want to kind of highlight this because it really does, I think, summarize what I'm talking about. First Peter 3, 8 and 9 says, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Uh, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. First Peter 3, 8 and 9, uh, 
If you've not really memorized Scripture before, this would be a really good Scripture to memorize. It's actually highlighting the way of Jesus. And so Scripture memory is just like you'd memorize anything else. You just have to get each phrase and each word to your memory so you could just say 1 Peter 3, 8 and 9 and say the verse. And so I, I encourage you to put that to, to your memory. Now, on the next slide, you'll see kind of the contrast of what's in our heart. So Peter's telling us to have a tender heart. Tender heart, that's the compassion as opposed to selfish, the default, the factory mode that we're all born with because of sin. And a humble mind as opposed to arrogant, the selfishness and the arrogance. And then finally, you're supposed to bless instead of trying to hurt people. That's the damage. So you could see, that's why we need God's word. We know the default, we live it. But God's word gives us a new way. And because of Christ, we can live it. It can become real as we make these choices. Uh, in your, your uh, program, there, there's a listening guide. We have this each week. I think I talk about this. This has the scriptures on it. Uh, this is always helpful to take notes on. Um, sometimes I don't leave much space, so I apologize about that. Uh, but on the, the back side, I wanted you to, if you could, go ahead and turn your page over. This was copied from a conference I went to years ago, put together by Harold Bullock, which I mentioned last week, has done so much study on, on folly and, and fools and on wisdom. But pay attention to these alternatives because if you'll see, um, I wanted to give you a category of the five fools that you see on the left and then the five character, characterizations of, of wisdom. That's the alternative. So you want to recognize we've been talking so much about the left side but it's the right side there that represents the way of wisdom, the treasures that we have as you walk with Jesus. And so instead of ease, the ease, that's the lazy way, lazy Larry. Instead of that, you, you choose faithful. I'm going to be faithful with what, God, what, with what God has given me, a small or big. Uh, instead of controlling people in my circumstances, I'm going to be helpful. Helpful becomes a very different strategy because to help somebody means... I don't need to control them to do what I want. I have to learn what they want. That's a very different approach to relationships, right? And then the fun. Now, again, you read this, it's like, wow, I can become a Christian and I'll never have fun again. What's crazy about it is I believe Christians have the most fun. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Whatever, pastor. <laughs> no, I, I do. Because here's the thing. How many times have you thought something would be fun and you have regret over it? Drinking can be fun until you drink too much. Right? Spending money on something can be fun until you spend too much. All sorts of things in the name of fun lead to regret. So the Christian life is actually about fun. It's enjoyment blessing. But it's not to please ourselves and just to feel good. Actually, the alternative to self-control, you gain respect. You get your bearings. You make progress. That is fun. It's different, but it's real. Instead of impressing humility, instead of causing pain of others, sacrificing for the good. I wanted just to give you these categories because, again, we focused, we've spent 
seven weeks talking through these things. But I want to give you these so you can kind of have these handles in your mind of like what that is. This past week, as I've just been thinking in my own life, there's so many times I just say things without thinking. I think things without thinking. Again, the default is just like, man, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why am I thinking that? Because there's a lot of things going on in my heart, just like there's a lot of things going on in your heart. And so we have to identify those. And so I want to encourage you, as you, you, know, you, you identify like, okay, that was controlling. I'm just controlling. I'm not trying to help them. I'm trying to control them. Confess that. God, I'm trying to control them. Will you forgive me for that? Will you help me to help them? And if you've controlled them in a way that's damaged the relationship a little bit or there's some frustration, say, you know what? Will you forgive me? I, I was trying to control you. If you've had a pattern of doing that, you will transform the relationship because they know it's happening, but you don't talk about it. It's the same if you've just kind of pursued fun and, and some things have kind of unraveled in your life. Confess it. God, will you forgive me? I'm just choosing the fun way and pleasure and selfishness. God, will you give me self-control? And, and, and he will. All right, so I want to end with this. And this, this is probably the most practical, and it's not on your notes. So that means you might want to take a picture, what I'm going to talk about on the screen, or write, what's a word for really fast, right? Vigorously? Yeah, we'll go with that. So how do you gain wisdom? I want to end with this. First, you want to pray for it. Pray for wisdom every day. Pray for wisdom every day. You'll see scriptures there. Uh, we'll we'll kind of have half of these, and then you can take a picture if you want, and then we'll have another half. Uh, the, the second is actively search for it. It's a treasure, and just like treasures, they need to be found. And sometimes they're in the dirt. You have to dig them out. That's God's word. You have to actually put the work in. But you can actually actively search for it. Uh, the third, do life with biblically wise people. You want to grow wise? Hang out with wise people. You want to grow foolish? Hang out with foolish people. Period. That's reality. Fourth, accept correction from wiser people. Now, that does not sound fun, but it will help you grow in wisdom. So that's the first four. The second four is this, listen to wise advice. So it's not just correction. That's one thing that will help you grow. But if somebody says something, you know, you might want to, have you thought about wise people for the most part are careful to give advice? Because if you're wise, you know you don't want to give advice to fools. They'll mock you. The Proverbs speak of that. And so one of the things you want to do is you really want to ask for advice and then listen when it's given. Study God's word, especially Proverbs and the letters. The letters are the letters to the churches in the New Testament. Evaluate failures and learn why. Experience is not the greatest teacher. Evaluating your experience is the greatest teacher. You know how many people have had the same experience over and over again, and they've never stopped and said, why am I experiencing it? Why is this happening? And then finally, let God change the way you think and reap the benefits. That's why we focus on God's word here at church. That's why we do small groups to talk about it, to get around people that can help us.
And so I, I just want to encourage you, um, you know, choose one, choose, choose two of these. But even if you don't know where to start, just begin to pray, God, will you help me to grow in wisdom? What would happen if you just prayed for that for the rest of this year, just every day? And then pick another one. God, for the rest of this year, help me to, to just listen to advice from people, to seek it out. God, help me to evaluate my decisions. So I encourage you, think through those things. I want to invite Ben back up. He's going to help wrap up our service, the band. They're going to lead us in another song. We're going to receive our offering as well. Um, Hopefully, I've given you some things that you can begin to uh, choose. You can't give a sermon on wisdom, and everyone leaves here and is like, man, I'm so glad we're wise. It, It doesn't work like that. All of us have to spend the rest of our lives pursuing it and allowing God to guide us into it. And so I I encourage you, start where you are. Keep taking steps towards Jesus. Pursue him, and he'll help you grow in wisdom. Uh, Some next steps, adopt Jesus' lifestyle by, you know, pick one of those. Is it the love, the humility, the forbearance? I've given you some things about how to gain. You might want to choose one of those. And then I want to invite you back next week. We're starting a new series. For those of you that are new to Ridgeview, every time we start a new series, we add in a little uh, sugar, as they say, and it's donuts, sugar and carbs. You know, we want to give you donuts and then listen to a sermon so you can all fall asleep, but just kidding. Uh, next week, we're, we're talking about a new series called The Invitation, and uh, what do you think we're going to be talking about? See there? We're talking about prayer, and so we're going to spend three weeks uh, talking through prayer. So as we end praying for wisdom... We're going to launch into, what does that actually mean to to pray to this God who guides us? And so I hope you'll join us next week. On here, I always put invite a friend. And I really do mean that. And I want to encourage you. As we've been talking about all of these foolish tendencies and God guiding and forgiving and helping, there's people that God's put in your life that he wants you to engage with and point towards him. If you're a Christ follower, it's not an optional. It's not an option to, to tell people about Jesus. And so one of the easiest ways is just, I go to church. It's helpful for me. I'd like you to come with me if you're ever interested. In fact, this next week, we're launching a new series on prayer. There's actually so many people who pray who are not connected to God. So they may want to learn more about that. So I encourage you to consider that. Let, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day, for our church. Thank you for all of these men and women and young men and young women that are here. It's truly a blessing to gather in your name, to learn from you, to get a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. And God, I just pray if, if any of us lacks wisdom, like your word says, we're to ask for it. So God, will you give us wisdom? Will you show us the things in our heart that are preventing wisdom from um, just getting in? And God, I I just pray that, that you'll help us to keep on the path of your son, Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention, um, I did six weeks on foolishness, one week on wisdom. So it's definitely like not balanced. But there's actually more on wisdom in God's word than there is on foolishness. So there's a couple series that I've done um, last year on wisdom. I think we have a picture, I forgot to mention this. 
It's called the edge, and then what's, what's the next one? Uh, the pursuit. So it, on Church Center, we have all of our sermons archived. They're also on YouTube. But if you're interested, like, man, I just need to learn more about wisdom based on this series, you might want to start on those two, and that will be helpful to you. Okay, I'm done. Thank you.